Hey everyone, this is Kara and this is Leah and let's get get real. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. All right, so today we have a deep topic for you. Normally we keep it pretty light, but we feel like a topic that is really important, especially at the studio that we've heard a lot um, talks about is depression and specifically postpartum depression. So we wanted to, as always, be real with you guys and share our personal struggles with depression as well as we have one of our awesome instructors here, Maritza, who's going to share on her struggle with depression. And so we'll get into that more later but that is what's coming the attempt here is to just bring awareness to to allow us the freedom to have these conversations so Mm -hmm. that we don't feel like like it's this big deep dark thing that it's not something we're able to talk about but that it's a very real subject that a lot of people struggle with at one time or another and so let's let's talk about it let's get into it so we will get there but we felt like we needed to start out with something a little bit lighter, but first of all, Leah, what's been going on the last couple weeks? Well, the past couple weeks, I have been training, running with you <laughs> for our 10K. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's that? 6.5 miles? That's how 6.2? 6.2 miles oh for a 10K. So the best I've done is, is running four miles with not stopping. I did it in 37 minutes, so nine minute miles. And after that, I uh, didn't want to do anything for the next, like, four days. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, keeping trying to keep strong in the diet, we just moved into the apartment this past week, which is cool. So getting everything set up that we don't have yet. Um, so that's... <laughs> getting stuff set up that you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of <laughs> figuring out where we want to put everything. All we have is a bed and, and my dresser and that's it. So I walk in there and I'm like, oh, where can we set this up? And he's like, we don't have it yet. And I'm like, I know, but like, you got to plan for it. You got to, you know, see, you got to know I what see. you want. Yeah. So just kind of planning and uh, I'm excited to move in. Well, he's, he lives there right now and I'll move in in April. So when we get married exciting. Yeah. What about your past couple weeks? Yeah. So the last couple weeks have been exciting. Uh, the studio has been a lot of fun. We've got some, some new people in with new year's resolutions. So that's been exciting to see. And what else? Well, yeah, we are doing the, (laughs) the one, three, one program that's going really well. I've been feeling really awesome in fact. So it's been exciting just kind of maneuvering through. You look good by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah. (laughs) maneuvering through uh, the ins and outs of that and learning the program and just life. Riley started flag football, so oh, he yeah. started practices, and that's fun. Kids How old is get, Riley? He is 13. Wow. Varsity? 14. Yeah, varsity cool. for Look at him. middle school. That's so awesome. It's good stuff. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been good. Wow. It's been real. Cool. It's been real. <laughs> it's been real. So I wanted to do um, something a little funny. So I went on to BuzzFeed and I wanted to get some tweets about working out. And so I'll go first. And I thought these were hilarious. I won't say who tweeted them. I won't put them on blast, but like they're pretty funny. So my favorite one that I read um, and I've been guilty of this. So I used to work at a restaurant and so I wouldn't get off until like 12 o'clock at night. And then I'd have all this energy and I was like, how am I going to go to bed? Like my heart rate is still up really high. Like you're busy, 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 go, go, go. So I was like, let me just go for a run at 12 at night. Like who yeah. does that? And so this tweet by, by myself, yeah, in my neighborhood. 
So this tweet really like came home to me because I know exactly how this feels. <laughs> but this tweet, it says, I like going for runs at night because the added fear of being murdered really does wonders for my cardio. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is, right? That's true. So at my parents' house, they still, where I was born and raised, they have a house that's surrounded by woods and so the woods can be really scary and dark at times and so we would park our cars and run inside like crazy fast so I had that but in short very short short spurts that's good that's good (laughs) all right so the one I have here is (laughs) my running form could be described as as drunk woman slowly being chased by no one That was me. Okay, so after I ran the four miles, uh-huh. like really fast that day, I had to run with with Carrie the next day, and I swear that was me. I could not. <laughs> I had the worst form. I was just trotting through, and I had like my head laid back, my core was all smushy, and I was just like going. I feel like I was like walking. It was so bad. I couldn't run that night. It reminds me of that Friends episode where Phoebe runs in the park. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Where she's like flailing her yeah. arms and like <laughs> Rachel super embarrassed but then finds that it's fun you should try that running style we should i like that some loose okay so this next one it says gym instructor what is your favorite machine to use at the gym me (laughs) the vending machine (laughs) (laughs) nice actually the vending machines at the um gyms i used to go to they only had like protein stuff and i was like "Eh, i don't like it so you wanted candy bars and chips and stuff yep i did Mm -hmm. I did. Super. I know. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> All right. So this next guy, this gym of a guy asked, how long are you supposed to rest in between sets at the gym? Like six months? <laughs> wow. You're not getting fit. <laughs> All right. What you got? Okay. So this next one. Um, so it says at age 20, got to get whipped for spring break, man. And then that's most guys, you know, I'm in age 25. Exercise, exercise, exercise reduces stress. Age 35. My doctor says I'll die immediately if I don't do this. <laughs> like it finally transitioned to being like, oh, maybe I should do this for my health. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die. That's that's true, though, because like for me, I'm like, I have to have more purpose behind working out these days. Like vanity is not enough for me. Really? Like I want to I want to look good for my husband, but there needs to be something even more behind that. Yeah. Like. Because he likes you no matter what. Like, he's stuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. I mean, Cheers. Drink to that. <laughs> I told him the other day that I feel like, I don't feel like he's ever looked at me in a way that said I wasn't hot. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm comfortable with him. Not not too comfortable that I'm not going to let myself get obese, but I'm comfortable enough to where, like, I don't feel like I need to do it for him. That's good. So it's got to be like health. Yeah. So I'm thinking about things like, the genetics in my family and those kind of things. So my fiance got flabby and then I got flabby and we'd bo- both talk about today. We're like, dude, we got flabby at the same time. And yeah. I'm like, one of us needs to hold each other accountable. Like we can't be doing this. <laughs> we tell each other all the time. We're like, we got to, we're in this together. Yeah. Like there's not going to be one of us that nope. are like crazy healthier or more fit than the other. We've got to keep it, keep things balanced. And that's, ex- that's exactly <laughs> how it's been with him and I, which is good. I like that. <laughs> This isn't my another favorite. It's a play on words, so hang on with me here, all right? Waldo asked me to spot him at the gym. (laughs) Couldn't do it. (laughs) You get it? Like, spot, spot. Couldn't couldn't find Waldo. Couldn't couldn't find it. Couldn't spot it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. So punny. So punny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. So those are our funny tweets for the day. Yeah. All right. Well, so our last week's podcast was all about diets and the do's and the don'ts and the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and (laughs) (laughs) all of those things about diets. And um, Lee and I shared the different diets that we have done and then what we're currently doing, which is the the 131 program, which is called the anti-diet diet. And the first phase of it called the ignite phase is what we're in right now, which is the ketosis phase. So like I shared before, it's I've actually been feeling really, really incredible. Most of the time there's been some struggles throughout, but overall I feel yeah. feeling pretty great. Me too. I've, I'm never a morning person, but these past couple of days, it's, how long have we been doing it now? Three weeks? Two weeks? Three. three weeks? It's been three weeks. And in these past couple of days, I've been waking up wide awake at like 6, 30, 7 mm-hmm. and going to bed at like 10, 30. And before I'd be... I'd be laying in bed, but not be able to fall asleep till like 12, one o'clock. So it's kind of cool to see not only my overall health, but my, my transition of my mind and my body is finally mm-hmm. going the route it needs to be going. Yeah. So I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really good. And I think the next phase is more of a plant-based phase. And so mm-hmm. the, the way the system works is it goes through phases. And so the first phase being the ignite, the second phase being nourish. And so, uh, I'm excited for for that next phase, see what it's like, even though I really actually enjoyed the keto phase. Me too. Some super good recipes. Yeah. So yeah, if you didn't tune in, that was uh, a lot of fun, the, our la- last podcast. So check it out. Check, check, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and move into what we're actually here to talk about today. And I want to start off with some stats that were pretty staggering to me um, overall, but Basically, there's two main types of depression being somebody who would have like a single bout of depression, which is more of what I've experienced, like situational bouts of depression or somebody who has recurring episodes. And when depression lasts two years or more, it is then called persistent depressive disorder. Mm. I I've had experience with that in my family, but not personally. So I'll I'll share more on the situational depression that I've personally experienced. But it says, the stats that we have says 20% of people with major depressive disorder develop psychotic psychotic symptoms. So it's a progressive thing. If it's not treated and handled well, Mm -hmm. then it's only going to progress. It's not just going to get better on its own, typically. And then 10 to 15% of women, this is 10 to 15% of women overall who have ever had a baby experience and develop um, postpartum depression. That's crazy. That's a, that's a huge amount. That is. And it's so rare to hear it talked about, which is sad because I know as moms, and we'll get more into this later, but as moms, it's such... It's a heart-wrenching. It, it's heart-wrenching because you love this child so much, so you, you feel guilty. There's so much shame and guilt yeah. surrounding postpartum depression. But like I said, we'll talk about... More about that later. This next one is staggering. Yeah. Approximately 12 million women in the United States experience clinical depression each year. Holy cow. Yeah. That is a lot of women. Yeah. And how how many people do you actually hear talk about it? Never. Because people are embarrassed for whatever reason. And they try to hide behind it. And wow, that's crazy. Yep. And I always feel like it's, it's the most, there's people that I'm always so surprised when they tell me they've struggled with depression because they seem like the most put together, a lot Mm. of times the most put together people that always have smiles on their faces. And so, you know, that's, that's part of the hardest part of 
depression is trying to hide it. It takes so much effort to hide it instead of just being real. And, you know, obviously you don't want to blast it on social media. Hey, I'm depressed. (laughs) You know, it's not about getting sympathy or pity, but you know, those people who are close to you, you can be real with and really have that support. I think is so crucial. Yeah. So another stat is about one in every eight women can expect to develop clinical depression during their lifetime craziness Mm -hmm. and it occurs more frequently in women aged 25 to 44 i can see that me too for sure you want to get that next one there yeah so the next one it says many factors in women may contribute to depression such as developmental um wow i can't read today (laughs) (laughs) developmental um reproductive hormonal um genetic and other biological differences that's a lot Mm -hmm. like i'm dumbfounded (laughs) yeah well and then the the examples for that being premenstrual syndrome childbirth infertility and menopause we have so many factors so many chemicals different things that are happening in our bodies that contribute Mm -hmm. and just being aware of it and not feeling guilty when we experience symptoms because they could be very natural Yeah, when we're not taking care of our bodies in a certain right way or regardless, it it just can pop up, you know, based on genetics and things like that. Mm -hmm. But for me, what, what I've felt has been more relative in my life is the social factors because it says social factors may also lead to a higher, to higher rates of clinical depression among women, including stress from work, family responsibilities, the roles of, the roles and expectations of women and increased rates of sexual abuse and poverty. So all of these things, just social factors that play an issue in depression. I found it, a part of me was, was surprised. Another part was kind of like, well, yeah, that makes sense because of those factors. Not that men don't have the same stress, but it's a different kind of stress. Usually the women are the most in charge of the kids and, and things like that. And, I feel like a lot of times too, women handle the bills or yeah. the bookkeeping, that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, those things are heavy responsibilities on top of the hormonal stuff that, that we struggle with as women that men yeah. don't have, you know, as much struggle with. And that goes into the next one about the gender differences. Yeah. The women experience depression at a roughly twice the rate as men, um, of men, sorry. And so, I mean, cause I know people say women are emotional and a lot of women probably like, I'm not emotional, I'm not emotional, but it's not even that. It's just so many factors come into it. Um, like you said, you know, we have the hormonal, the, the substantial ones, and I can just see that being completely true. Mm-hmm. You know, men, men, not that they have it easier, but, um, they, they just have their brain works completely different than ours, mm-hmm. you know? So with men, they can focus on one thing at a time, but as women, like if something's wrong with the family, then something's wrong with our, our money and then, and then our family and then our friends. And then this, like it all kind of like correlates together. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where everything kind of comes in as women is mm-hmm. everything connects, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I've definitely, the older I get, I've been experiencing that more and more around like, Things I didn't think would connect, connect. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like that it's, makes no sense. Yeah, the lines aren't black and white. Everything kind of, course, like work and family life all blend together. Yeah. And you still have to get the kids to the activities and all of the stuff. It's, it's, it's can be a challenging balance for yeah. sure. Yep. So another, well, actually, we'll kind of move into the different, the different treatments. Obviously, there's the, the medical side of things where there's medicines available and and therapy and different things like that 
but research also has some pretty pretty hard scientific backing for health and fitness and and the way that people eat being a really Mm -hmm. valuable form of treatment. You want to share some info on those factors? Yeah. So I Googled a little bit about that because I was wondering, you know, does eating right even affect depression Mm -hmm. or anything? And so what it says is food nourishes the body and um, it needs certain types of foods because if you eat the wrong types of foods, it inflames your brain, Mm -hmm. which causes leads to depression mm-hmm. and that's what call that's one of the causes not that that is a cause but yeah. it definitely it will benefit to eat healthier foods and to watch what you put in your mouth and make healthier decisions because having your brain inflamed is what also can lead to those substantial depressions or hormonal depressions and because it puts your body off you know off whack and so I've definitely experienced that when I eat a lot of sugar in particular I feel like is a big big trigger for me and a lot of people it's just not not good for our bodies. But I feel like the day after I consume an abundance of sugar, I feel depressed. Like I feel completely hormonally unbalanced and Mm -hmm. I just feel out of whack, just less patient, more irritable. So I, that makes a lot of sense, but it's interesting to come at depression and think about how food can be a medicine for that. Eating right can help treat depression Mm -hmm. and you know, to come at it from that angle, not to say you shouldn't use medicine. I mean, you follow your doctor's orders, but when you're combining that along with healthy eating and then fitness, it's, you're going to be way ahead of somebody else who is not using health and fitness as Mm -hmm. a treatment option. And I do want to say that, um, the foods that are, if you look it up that inflame your body, it's always different for somebody else. So if Mm -hmm. you're starting to, to wonder and want to start eating right, um, just look up different foods that are known facts that inflame your body and then Mm -hmm. go from there. So kind of wing those foods out and then start trying to see for yourself, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what does my body not, not take to. So if you're dealing with depression and you want to try this, look it up on Pinterest or Google or whatever of, of the specific foods that most people that it flames their bodies and just start taking it out, winging them out and see how that works and, you know, kind yeah. of experiment with it. Cause everyone's different. Like I can eat beans and not feel inflamed, but then Kara can not, you know, she feels inflamed and, mm-hmm. and bloated when she eats them. So everyone's different. So, um, I would do some research on that. Um, but you mentioned about the exercise part about depression mm-hmm. and, and that's one of the ways that I helped my, when I went through my depression is I didn't know what to do. And, I lost a lot of weight. So my thing was, okay, well, I want to get my weight back. So Mm -hmm. that's, I started with working out, not thinking it would help my depression, just thinking I, I wanted to gain my weight back from my depression. So that actually is what kept me climbing out of it and, and just crawling my way out. And so, but I looked it up on Google again and it says the exercise, it helps with depression, anxiety, and stress. So it releases these chemicals from our brains and our bodies that we need just to release the stress, the anxiety, and the depression that we have. It says everyone knows that regular exercise is good for the body, but exercise is also one of the most effective ways to improve your mental health. It also relieves stress, improves memory, helps you sleep better, and boosts overall mood. I have a funny story to tell. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) So I was dating, dating this guy and, um, I was doing, I was 
involved in a boot camp and they came to my mm-hmm. house and we were just kind of like talking we weren't even dating we were just kind of talking and he was at like his ex-girlfriend's house whatever and and he I didn't know that he was and and I saw it on social media and I was livid like inside and I like didn't text him yet I had I woke up in just enough time to go outside to take my boot camp class yeah so I go outside and, and I work out and I'm like like I'm shaking I'm so angry mm-hmm. and so as I'm working out near the end I was like what was I mad about like I seriously couldn't remember yeah and so so I made it not a big deal because I was like I felt like it wasn't a big deal yeah but in that moment like that's why girls are crazy you know (laughs) (laughs) you just need to work out when you're mad and you won't be so crazy (laughs) it's true it really really helps it is so it changed my mood and thank god well I should have went off on him anyways but I didn't but um but yeah it was it was great I was so I was shocked and so ever since I've, I've been getting, like, I'm, I don't deal with anger at all. Like I'm the most calm person ever, but anytime I feel like I could get angry, mm-hmm. I just go for a run or go work out. And, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good to yeah. go. But I thought it was really funny cause I was livid. I've noticed the same thing when I feel like I haven't worked out for a long time. It's like the same thing with, with sugar. I start getting more irritable yeah. and you just feel blah. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's no fun. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing. Well, fitness is a good thing, not the depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to share a little bit about um, the the type of depression I've experienced, like I said, was more of a situational bouts of depression, more relative to things like when we're struggling financially or when, you know, there's relational issues and stuff like that. I've, I've found there's been a couple times specific, uh, specifically in my life that when I've gone to that place, it's, it's like you can't function. It's, I remember one day, not, not too long ago, really less than a year ago that I was really, really struggling and felt that, that onset of depression. And, you know, you wake up in the morning and everything seems challenging, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, getting dressed, all of these little everyday tasks that when you're in a, a right state of mind are just very normal mm. are the the hardest thing in the world to do. I remember that day in particular, I, I literally laid around in my robe almost the entire day. And I just, it was like, I couldn't function. I didn't want to eat. It was hard to take care of the kids. It was hard to do anything at all. In fact, Jesse had to work that day. I'm like, don't leave me. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and it was just like, fortunately that's been, that is the, that is not the norm in my life. I, I can point to, like I said, probably two times in my life that I've experienced it to that level, but it really makes me sympathetic to people who deal with this on an everyday basis. I can't imagine because you can't stop living. I mean, especially if you're a breadwinner or you're a parent, you know, and you have a family, there's things that have to be done. You can't stop functioning. Yeah. And so I guess, cause for me that day, it was, it was a Sunday. I didn't really have much to do anyway. So I kind of could just live in that place and my kids are bigger. I didn't have to necessarily feed them. So I just really was like, wow, people who deal with this on a day-to-day basis and really have to bite, uh, fight this battle all the time. It's, it's insane mm-hmm. um, because it's it's so intense and it's a very, very real thing. For me, a big part of of getting through, you know, the bouts that I've had, the biggest thing I, I can point to is my faith. Mm-hmm. 
And then, of course, all of the other factors. I, I don't think I can't say that I've ever really considered the eating as far as treating those bouts with depression. How, I've noticed how they eating bad can trigger me. How long um, were you in your depression for? Like, was it like a couple weeks? Um, no, I feel like, well, I think at times it could last up to a couple weeks, but it was more even just like I would get really low, even just for a day or two at a time. Right. And then, you know, kind of slowly climb out and then maybe slip a little bit and slowly climb out and slip a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely more situational. Like yeah. just when I can't, when the stress level is so intense that it's like my body shuts down. Right. That's where I get to is, is it's more a stress, a stress contributing mm-hmm. depression. So my stress gets really high. My body shuts down. It's like, I can't do this. So I'm not going to do anything. It's like I just stopped fighting. Yeah. So that's been more how it's been for me. And like I said, my faith has helped me climb out of that. And then I do feel like exercise and just forcing myself to get dressed for the day and get ready has been a big factor in that. Mm -hmm. So what about you? (laughs) Tell us all about your crap. (laughs) Yeah, here it comes. (laughs) Got a big old bag. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing about your depression and what you kind of went through. And so, okay, what's today's date? Let's see. January. So about two years ago. Wow, it's been two years. Something like that. All right. So it started in March. We'll just go by by the months. Mm -hmm. So in March, I got back with an old old boyfriend Mm -hmm. and realized in my head that, oh, he's the one. This mm-hmm. is it. I got to do everything I can to keep it. You know, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to put my all on this. I'm going to, you know, do the dishes. I'm going to do laundry. I'm going to clean. He has to do nothing. Like, and I wrote him notes and just did everything I could to show him, you know, right. Hey, I want to, want to be with you and, uh, constantly, um, texting other girls. And, and so once that started, it was like staggering at me Yeah. and I was like, Oh, am I not good enough? So mm-hmm. I try harder. Okay, well, I'm going to clean a little bit deeper. I'm going to pick up his favorite drinks. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And and then I would see more text messages and more calls and coming home late from work later and later, two, three hours later. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I got to try harder. You know, I got to show him. I got to show him. And this is a point where I couldn't eat. I was so upset because what I was doing wasn't working. So I was constantly you know, doing things to show him, you know, how I was feeling, what I was doing and nothing was working. And every time I would come home, I would try to find something new to do. And, and I think giving every single part of myself and my all into something and not seeing the progressions and seeing what I needed to happen, um, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah. And to feel like that, I, I, couldn't eat. I would try to eat. I would, I would be so hungry. I'm like, this sounds so good. So I would go to eat it in two bites full. Mm, wow. And so that started my, my weight loss. And so I lost about 60 pounds in three months span. And in that process, my sister was getting married. And so I'm trying to be happy for her getting married and doing all this festivities. And I was so, I couldn't be there. I feel bad. Right. I didn't do anything for right. her wedding. I was her maid of honor and I, I never was there to set up. I never was really there to do anything and just struggling. So for three months, I, I dealt with not being good enough, looking in the mirror and seeing all my weight loss and thinking, oh my, like I'm ugly. I don't mm. look good. I'm too skinny and constantly dealing with these thoughts about, about myself. And, 
And so you weren't trying to lose weight. It wasn't like an anorexic no. weight loss. It was like you couldn't you couldn't eat. I physically couldn't. I yeah. would feel sick. Yeah. And I wanted to eat. I didn't want to lose that weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I'm five eleven mm-hmm. or if I like six foot and I weighed a hundred pounds. Yeah. And I looked anorexic. I looked like all I had was bone. Mm-hmm. And so my dress that I got for my sister's wedding, it was a size eight and I had to get tailored down to a size two. Mm. Wow. So within three months. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I would bruise really easily at work. I was a server at the time and a box hit my arm and I had this huge bruise on my arm because I was so fragile. I was so malnourished and it was, I, it was, I was dealing with the thoughts Mm -hmm. about myself and the insecurity and, and I'm very optimistic person. Like I'm always happy. I'm always smiling. So for me to be dealing with that, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know it was depression. I didn't, I was just listening to these thoughts and, and trying to do things to fix it. And what I was doing wasn't working. Right. And I'm like, all right, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. And so once I found out, um, that he wanted to be with somebody else and I, I was beside myself cause mm-hmm. I was like, I did everything I could. I, you know, she's, she's not going to be able to do anything that I've done. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've worked so long for this and, and just feeling that rejection. And so he kind of kept me in the loop for about three weeks after he decided to be with her and saying, I still love you. I still mm-hmm. care about you. And so that kept me hanging on. So I lost even more weight, yeah. not knowing and being right. in that, in that middle ground. And so after all that, Um, he ended up just ending it and I had a hard time dealing with that because in my mind I made up that's who I was going to marry. I didn't care about anyone else. I wasn't going to marry anyone else. I wasn't going to do anything. Like in my mind, like I did all I could Mm -hmm. to have him and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And to put your all into something and and not see the benefits of that is horrible. And I've never experienced that before. I've never had been that passionate about something or wanted something that Mm -hmm. much. And, uh, it was the wrong thing obviously, but still putting your all in something I was just like I've never done that so when I did do it I figured hey I'm fine put my all in something I'm gonna get what I want this is awesome and it didn't turn out like that and so I really had a hard time looking in the mirror after that and being like who's even gonna date me now Mm -hmm. like who's even gonna look at me like I weigh 100 pounds I'm so skinny and so um I started teaching volleyball at a school and those girls knew what happened and what yeah. I was going through and they just loved on me mm. so much. Yeah. And I would show up to practice just like bawling my eyes out. Hmm. Like every practice, I'm, I'm supposed to be their coach. Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to like have right. everything put together, know right. what I'm doing. And so having them, having that community yeah, um, was just, cause they, I mean, they saw me lose all the weight mm-hmm. and like, coach, why did you lose so much weight? Yeah. <laughs> Bald my eyes out there. I was like, yeah. well, it's going through a lot, you know? And so the community of, of that really helped me push myself to be better. Yeah. And so I dealt with that for, I'm going to say eight months mm-hmm. of wanting to look better, work out, tell myself I'm beautiful. And so I made it, I didn't want to think those thoughts anymore. And so I started looking in the mirror and I started saying, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Did I mean it? No. I did not, not think I was. Make it till you make it. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, you're beautiful as I'm getting ready and start thinking those thoughts. And then I go throughout my day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so skinny. Oh, I, I mm. you know, no one's going to want to be with me. No one's going to love me. No one's going to like me. Like the one I wanted, the one that said that loved me, didn't love me. So mm. this is going to happen again. It's just going to, and then other guys that I've dated have done the same exact thing. Yeah. And so I was just kind of over it. Like I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to date. Right. I was just like, I just got to work on myself. I'm tired of feeling like this. And I remember one day specifically, I was laying in bed and 
that time I was still a server and it took all I got to get to work. Mm-hmm. And I worked three hours yeah. and I'd come home and go to bed. Yeah. And that was like that for two months. Wow. All I could do was go to work, come right. home and go to bed. And my parents didn't really say anything to me. They kind of just let me be. And my brother-in-law came to my room one time and this was after dealing with it for about three months. And mm-hmm. he was like, Hey, you know, he was a jerk, but you know that you have a family and we love you. And he's mm-hmm. not that type of guy at all. Right. And I'm, and I like kept it together. And once he left, I just lost it. Yeah. Like I was just like, you're right. You know, even though I'm dealing through, going through stuff, there's still people that love me. Right. And so they don't want to see me like this. I don't want to see myself like this. And like I said, I'm a very optimistic person. So for me to be down like that, like the energy, mm-hmm. I'd had no energy. Yeah, drained you. Oh my gosh. It was, it was crazy. And so I told myself to tell myself that I'm beautiful every day and I was going to start working out. So I didn't, I couldn't even do weights. I was so weak. So I just mm-hmm. started with bands. Yeah. So doing band workouts and and then maybe doing a little bit of cardio and actually playing volleyball with my girls and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of enjoying the sport again and getting that love back for the sport. And, and they made me do Bible studies as a, as a coach. Hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, yeah. I don't really feel like I believe in God right now. I feel like I love God or that God loves me for going through this, but I'll fake it till I make it pretty much. Mm -hmm. So I had to start reading my Bible again and and doing stuff, which is crazy how that works. Forced you in it. It did. (laughs) And all those girls were going through something worse than what I had been through. Yeah. And so God's like, see, people have it worse than you sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you need to let yourself stop putting yourself on the front lines and put people before you. And that's how you're going to get over this. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I was like, oh. Shift your focus. Yeah. Well, when you're so focused on yourself and your own problems, it's all you can see. That's you can't all. see beyond that. So mm-hmm. to so, look outside. And I, that's what I needed. I needed to be able to to focus on those girls and show them that I love them at least. Mm-hmm. If their parents didn't or there's or the school didn't or their friends didn't, mm-hmm. that at least someone was there to, to love on them. Right. And I wish that I had that. Right. And so God was like, you need to be the person that, that you need to be for them. Right. You know, yeah, you're going through stuff, but that'll work itself yeah. out. And so putting myself last really helped That's me awesome. get out of that and working out. Those two yeah. things I have to say were my saving grace of working out and then putting other people before myself. Right. And That's incredible. Yeah. So it took me maybe two months to kind of just completely be gone of it. Mm-hmm. So I started to feel a little pity every now and again. I'm like, no, I don't even feel bad for myself. Right. These girls need attention. Right. And so I didn't even think that I would date or get married for years. I didn't want to. Yeah. I was like, I'm perfectly fine with just teaching volleyball, serving, maybe maybe going back to school or, you know, I don't even know what I wanted to do. And then yeah. um, a couple months later, this guy comes in my life and we're just hanging out as friends. And next thing I know. We start dating and we're engaged. (laughs) And so it's crazy how if I didn't shift my focus on those girls and if I didn't start to work out again, if I didn't force myself to say that I'm beautiful, I I can say that I would probably not be with him because I was depressed. I couldn't do anything. Well, I've heard people say not that um, I'm not saying that depression is is selfish, but it does force you to constantly look look inside yourself and at your own problems. Mm-hmm. But sometimes having a new perspective can shift your focus. Yeah. And so you're no locking, longer looking at your problems. You're mm-hmm. seeing you're seeing outside of yourself. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I think my depression was more or less putting my all into something and not getting the results. And that could right. be for anyone in any situation, whether yeah. it's like school, which I've had that too, where mm-hmm. not that I got clinically depressed or really got that depressed, but it sucks to put your all into something and, and not get the results right, you wanted. Like right. you studied, you know, for three days straight and you were expecting to get an A and you, you got an F. 
Yeah. You know, that just right. stabs right at you. Right. And so that's kind of how it felt to be doing for something for months on end from, you know, March, January, March, all the way till May, mm-hmm. putting my heart into something about a guy that I thought I wanted to be with and wanted to marry. And right. that was, that's what I wanted and it not coming out to be that, but yeah. seeing my life now, it just makes, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it all came around. It did. It did. And now I can use what I've been through to help other people. Right. And, and I think that's what I'm most blessed about is, yeah, it sucked to go through that and it was horrible and I, and I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, but people who are walking through that, mm-hmm. being able to have experience in that area to help them out, because like we said, 12 million women. Right go through that just in the United States yeah. in a year. So to know that you're not alone, because right. I felt isolated. I felt alone. Right. I just go to bed. Like I would sleep from four in the afternoon till 10 in the morning. Sheesh. Cause that's all I could do. Yeah. That's it. I couldn't even stand up. I felt dizzy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reaching out and, and I wish I reached out more, but having those volleyball girls were, yeah. were my one people that I could talk to and they didn't judge me because they're right. going through stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So ladies, um, most of you already know Maritza. So Maritza is one of our awesome instructors. You want to share what you teach and what you do and just a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Today's Friday and I am really tired because I've been up since 4.15 this morning because I teach the (laughs) 5 a.m. classes. So those are always fun. Um, So come see me, 5 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, Sunday. And then then I also teach Body Sculpt on Wednesday, 9.45, and Saturday, 8.30. I'm still trying to get the new times in my Yes, I know. The times mess me up still. I'm still trying to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but um, so those are my classes. Come see me because they're fun. They are. Wednesday mornings are P90X Live Day. It's not <laughs> that we scary. Don't, but we don't really tell people that. That's right. like you show up and you get it. That is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always fun. It's totally doable. And it's it's a good workout. It's a good workout. Good stuff. Yeah. So tell us about your family. You married um, kids. Yeah. So I've got my husband Andy, who I have been married to for almost 19 years. That's awesome. Yep. And we have a 17-year-old daughter, which um, those who come to my classes probably know her, especially the Saturday class, um, Isabel. Mm-hmm. And, and those who have little ones in childcare, and she's yes, sat in and, she's and is amazing. Subbed. She's a great girl. Yes. Um, and then I have twins, boy-girl twins, Christian and Lexi, that are 10, and Evan is seven. Evan is seven. Evan is seven. <laughs> <laughs> and it rhymes. <laughs> Very cool. So um, Maritza is going to share a little bit about the type of depression. She struggled with postpartum depression, which we have heard a lot about at the studio. It's a very normal thing. And once people get comfortable, they start sharing those kind of things, which right. we love. And it's an atmosphere at Flow Fitness that that's what we want. We want um, people to be able to share their their real struggles and that, you know, the community of support can be around them and and walk them through that. So when when was it that you had kind of share... All right. Well, I'm I'm going to give you the three different times mm-hmm. um, as a mother that I felt the depression. Mm-hmm. Um, my first round of depression was when I was trying to get pregnant with the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't trying to get pregnant with twins. I was trying to have one. <laughs> I got two. Um, we Isabel is 
six years older mm-hmm. than the twin, six and a half years older. And we started trying when she was about a year old. Mm. So we had, we dealt with infertility mm. and, um, the infertility. I heard you talking about that earlier in the mm-hmm. podcast and, um, that is a real thing and it's a real thing that is a struggle and it's a struggle for, um, for myself. It was a struggle for Andy mm-hmm. and, um, the want of something so badly um, that you want another little human so badly and not being able to have one was a struggle. Mm -hmm. And um, every month, you know, when I would get my cycle, it was a rainfall of tears. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was that depression um, is a little different than the postpartum. Mm -hmm. Um, But I say that part of the depression because it leads into my postpartum depression. Uh Um, So, the depression started where I wanted the babies so badly. Right. Um, finally, I was blessed with having mm-hmm. two of them. And when I found out I was pregnant with the twins, I was just ecstatic yeah. and enjoyed the pregnancy mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Um, looked forward to it. Then came the babies. Mm-hmm. And came two little babies. And um, I remember just feeling so sad. Yeah. I am. I almost hate to say it, but I didn't want them. Yeah. And I'm going, God, why did you give me two babies? I don't, I I can't handle two babies. I only asked for one. Why did you give me two? I can't, I can't deal with two babies. Right. And I remember, I remember this one day, um, after the twins came home, taking a shower and crying and trying in my head to think how I can take Isabel and leave and never come back. Yeah. Um, I can't, I'm so glad I never did obviously, but, um, but those are real feelings that, that were really there. Mm -hmm. And, and I felt guilty. Yeah. I felt awful for having those feelings because just, a year ago, I was crying that I didn't have them. Right. Now I had them and I didn't want them. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that I didn't want them. It's that I didn't, I don't even know what that, you know. Yeah. It, that's that. And see, here it is 10 years later. And I still fight with telling this story and being okay with the fact that it was depression. Right. Because it's still 10 years later. Right. As a mom, I feel guilty saying. Yeah. I didn't want that. Right. I wanted to take Isabel and I wanted to leave. Right. And it's so hard to say and it's so hard to admit. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while, mm-hmm. quite a few months to get over it. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I enjoyed them as babies. Um, the, probably the first night of the first night I brought them both home because Christian was in the NICU for a little bit um, was probably threw me in depression because that was the worst night of my life. Yeah. <laughs> one would sleep, one would cry, oh, one would yeah. fall asleep, the other one would cry, one wanted yeah. to eat, the other one wanted yeah. to eat. So um, that was enough to drive you crazy. Oh, but, yeah. um, you know, in reality, it was just, it took me a handful of months to really come out of it. Right. Then the depression changed. Mm-hmm. It changed from no longer uh, feeling that way about my babies. Mm-hmm. And that actually, that part kind of left within a couple of months. Yeah. Um, it got better every day that I was home. Right. Um, so my depression changed from it being about the babies mm-hmm. to now it being about me mm-hmm. and feeling awful mm-hmm. about myself and feeling 
fat and disgusting. And how could my husband look at me and be attractive? Mm -hmm. And not feeling like I did have friends, but feeling like I didn't have any friends. Feeling completely and utterly alone Mm -hmm. when I wasn't. Right. Um, was such a hard, hard thing to go through. And um, being a mom of now going from one kid to three, um, feeling like I had to step it up and be like, I've got it. I know I have to clean. I have to cook. I have to, I have to do, you know, I have to keep my husband happy. I have to keep my kids happy. I have to keep my house happy. I have to keep everybody around me happy, but not me. Right. And so, um, ended up being, you know, it was, it took me probably a good year, Mm -hmm. honestly, to get out of that. Um, right. And it, the, I never fully got out of the depression about myself because right. I didn't take care of myself. Yeah. Um, I just learned to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, still feeling extremely awful about myself. Um, Evan is, I got pregnant with Evan before the twins turned three. Mm-hmm. So they were still little and, um, Evan was a surprise baby. Uh-huh. Um, was and, that scary? Like, is this going to happen all over again? Yeah. Well, yes. And honestly, the depression came back like that the mm-hmm. day I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, the The twins were IVF babies. Mm-hmm. And I had sev- seven fertilized embryos frozen wow. after I had yeah. them. I had to decide what to do with those. Mm-hmm. This is kind of going off topic, but it's really not because it leads to the next right. depression story. Um, I really struggled mm-hmm. with what to do yeah. with those because in my faith, mm-hmm. I believed those were my babies. Right. Um, that's how I viewed them. So to right. do anything with them was doing something I didn't want to do with what right. I thought I was doing with my babies. Anyway, um, I ended up keeping them frozen for about a year and then we we ended up donating them to science mm-hmm. because reality was is I was not going to have seven more children. Right. Um, <laughs> so um, when I found out I was pregnant with Evan, uh-huh. it was about a year later mm-hmm. and I didn't want any more kids. Hmm. Not that I didn't want them, but... Right. I had you seven. Had three. I had three, and I had seven. Right. That I consider babies. Right. I know pe- different people believe different things, but for me, in sure. my heart, yeah. those were babies. Right. And um, I had when the I thought I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, the twins were sick, and they were throwing up all weekend. Monday morning, I was feeling very tired and I said, I'm going to make an appointment, made an appointment for Monday morning. I was in the shower and I started throwing up Mm -hmm. and I'm like, caught whatever the kids have, whatever it is that they have, I've caught it. And I was going to the doctor anyway. Mm -hmm. And the doctor, we're in there and I'm like, I'm so tired all the time. She's like, well, can you be pregnant? I'm like, no. (laughs) I had IVF, you know, like it took me six and a half years to get pregnant. Right. And she's like, well, let's just rule it out of the way. Right. Okay. 
I mean, no more did I get out of the bathroom, come back into the room. The door wasn't even shut. And the nurse is at the door wow. saying she's pregnant. It's, a, it's positive. Wow. And I sat there and I immediately mm. started to cry. Yeah. Um, and it was out of guilt. Mm-hmm. It was out of guilt, um, which threw me into a ginormous depression. Right. Because out of the guilt, out of the seven. Right. That I had gotten rid of. Yeah. Um, and it, gosh darn it. <laughs> Getting so emotional. Yeah. Um, I felt so guilty. Yeah. I felt so guilty for not wanting this one that God had given me. Right. When I had gotten rid of yeah. the, ah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> Y'all wanted real. I'm yeah. going to be real. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, yeah. I felt awful. Mm-hmm. I felt awful because for so long I cried every month when I got my period right. because I wasn't and now I was and I didn't want. Right. Um, Evan's pregnancy was tough. Yeah. It was tough um, for me to grasp through my mm-hmm. head what was happening. Right. Um, and um, a lot of praying. Yeah. A lot of praying. Yeah. Um lot of doctor <laughs> uh, to help me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy started working out when I was pregnant with Evan mm-hmm. and I would sit and I would watch him. And um, sh- shortly after Evan, that's actually when I really started my mm-hmm. fitness journey. Yeah. Um, because I said, you know what, I, I, it made such a difference for him and like, he feels better. I can see it. Right. Um, and, Honestly, I know you talked about it earlier, but it's what helped me get out of my depression. Right. It something that I had had now for three years mm-hmm. was very slowly going away. Right. And I was becoming a happier person. Yeah. And I was becoming a better mother, a better wife, a better Maritza. I was mm-hmm. just a better me. Right. And um yeah. So you feel like overall you're, well, I think part of it, I postpartum, if I'm, if I'm correct in this, it seems like a lot of times time needs to just take place and there's treatments and stuff like that, but your hormones coming back into balance and stuff like that a lot of times can, so you feel like that three months, a lot of it was timing yeah, I think um, if if I want to go back when I think I had true mm-hmm. postpartum, um, it would be with the twins. Yeah, um, because shortly after that, that that postpartum, yeah, um, kind of came and went within a few months. Right, and within three four months, I was pretty much feeling back to normal. My depression turned into myself because right. I didn't like the way I looked. Right. Um, but the baby blues, also known as baby blues, yeah. um, postpartum depression. And there's actually a huge difference. A lot of people think they have postpartum depression and it's really baby blues. Hmm. Um, there is a different, a little mm-hmm. bit of a difference. Um, just because depression is full blown. I mean, it's right. It, it could really mess with you. The difference, um, between baby blues and and full blown depression, a lot of it is when you you get sad. Your right. your hormones right. are so goofy after you have a baby, and you cry a lot, and you know that kind of thing. Right. Um, and you might even have some 
oh, what did I get myself into kind of questions right. that, you know, all I don't know moms, how to do this. Right. I don't know how to do this and kind of freak out about it. And that's more of the baby blue. The depressions are more when the, the more serious mm. um, thoughts get into your head of right. wanting to leave of, thank God I never had these, but some women have mm-hmm. of hurting your children. Right. Of I mean, that's a reality. Those right. are real things that yeah. happen. Um, you know, for me, I had my happy little blue pill that the doctor gave me that really yeah. did help me. Right. Um, so I did take medication mm-hmm. for that. Um, again, my depression kind of changed, but yeah. stayed for a good three years. Right. And it really wasn't until I added fitness mm-hmm. and changed my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, that it started changing for me. Right. And part of it, mainly, I think by that point, it was I was learning to love myself again. Yeah. Because for so long, I didn't. Yeah. Um, so that's huge. Um, you, you know, one of the great things that I think we have here at Flow mm-hmm. is that we're such a small community right. of such awesome women. And it's unlike any other, it's one of the things that I absolutely love about flow yeah is that it's unlike any other place that you can go work out at right whatever it is because we are all so real mm-hmm. we are all so real and our clients are so real yeah um I wish I would have had that right um because you know I was I didn't like to talk about it um and I was scared to talk about it yeah and I was scared to be judged yeah and to know that you're in a community at Flow with so many women who are going through so many of the same things, mm-hmm. I think it's just amazing that yeah. we can offer that. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Well, thank you, Maritza. I appreciate you sharing with us and being raw and exposed. And I know that's never easy. No, sorry, um, I cried. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies, anybody listening, like, just know that you, you're seen. Mm-hmm. And if you need somebody to talk to, reach out, um, especially at Flow Fitness. We've got an amazing community of women. There's there's plenty of women um, that you can reach out to, including us, that um, every single instructor is is wanting to listen and to be there for you. So, um, yeah, so we're going to we're going to wrap up this depression segment here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's because, I mean, it's important. It's so important to talk about these kind of things. As hard as it is, sometimes it's it's very, very important because that's the first step, actually being vulnerable and exposing mm-hmm. what you're walking through is the, the first step to to getting any sort of healing. Yeah. So, um, well, next time we're going to be talking about different, a little lighter topic, different <laughs> kinds of workouts, whether it's restorative workouts like stretching and lengthening and toning versus heavy weightlifting versus um, hit like cardio type workouts and the benefits and um, possibly even the downsides of each and how to mix them together or what to do to get the the best results and stuff that we've tried. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Good stuff. So thanks for joining us today. It would be awesome if you would follow us on YouTube Podbean or iTunes, any one of those, you'll be able to access our podcast. And if you wouldn't mind dropping us a rating, it is super helpful for us to get the word out. So if you've benefited from these podcasts, share it with your friends and let them benefit as well. And subscribe. Yes, subscribe. (laughs) 
so you can make sure you're staying in the know about what we're talking about every couple of weeks. Yeah, so. you, you want to hang out with us. We're yeah, pretty cool. For sure. We are really cool. I like us. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> All right. Have a super day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>